This is Picture to Fix It. Welcome to Cinema 7, my friends. Uh, this is John Kenoki. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the leader today. If I, I don't want to be the host. I want to be the leader. Supreme so, leader? No. No, he's dead. Um, and the Supreme leader. As you have seen to my left is uh, squad leader himself, Chris Hawk. I'll allow it. And to my right is uh, Sith apprentice, Mario Bacardi. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> Amazing. Yes, Ma- Mario has joined the Sith side. Uh, he is, you know, traditionally viewed as a rebel of sorts. One that is small no longer step canon. for the Sith. <laughs> I don't know what. One, what does he say? One giant leap for mankind. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, today we're we're pitching uh, some some Star Wars movies. That's the that's the overall goal. Uh, in the spirit of our heated debate i guess you could say over the sequel trilogy and you know just touching on ryan johnson and his trilogy coming up we said screw you ryan johnson we can pitch a better movie that they should make (laughs) so we're doing that how do you now are you guys you guys ready for this are you 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 come prepared yeah 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 yeah. i I have come prepared and i just want to say because i'm known for plugs that you have to go check out our obi-wan movie pitch our Mace Windu movie pitch, uh, two other Star Wars movies that we collectively have pitched our own versions, our own movies of those characters. And I'll, I'll tell you, those movies fail in comparison to what I'm about to pitch to you today, okay? <laughs> oh my goodness. So I have, so this I have the, pulled out all the stops. This is the I trilogy. I cast uh, seven people in this movie, and they are just... Huge names, people that are very important to the business. It's going to be great. So this is Paul Mario's, in there. This is Mario's Ric Flair, but Star Wars. It's like Mario's magnum opus. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I mean, we could we could go straight into it, but I want, before we even get the synopsis, I didn't tell you guys about this. Uh oh. I want to know. What era your movie is set in, so we're not doing the same thing because we don't discuss this ahead of time. Right, it's better if you just react naturally. Right. So, what what era are you guys set in? Uh, do you want me to go first? Yeah, good dude. Good dude. I don't care. Do uh, whatever you want. Between two episode two and episode three, so Clone War era. Okay. All right. There's a lot of ground that's been tread there. I'm interested to uh, see how you fail, Chris Hawk. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, between six and seven. Okay. There's uh, not a lot of ground tread there. Uh, but there's a lot to live up to. I don't know what's wrong with you. John, no, how about those yours? Are, those, are, those are great ideas. I, I said it in the one era that makes sense. I bet you can't guess. After episode nine. Incorrect. Before episode one, my friend. You did uh, a whole oh, new... Oh, my goodness. A whole new, whole new system, I'm guessing. Of, of course. You have to do... I have to do back when the Sith rule the galaxy, because that's more interesting. I'm tired. How? Of the age-old classic. <laughs> how dare you give the fans what they want? How? I, how I still don't you? think I am. People, people want a lot more than what I'm pitching. I'm pitching the safe bet that Disney could actually do. <sighs> but in, in the way that I want. Chris Hawk, when you're done, you can start. What's the synopsis? One to three sentences. Keep it brief. Don't give us too much of the, the gushy details. All right, so it's, I want it to be right before episode seven, sort of like Rogue Run. How, how, far, uh, how far right before? You like say Road Run? You mean <laughs> Rogue One. Yeah. Road Runners? So I, want it, I, want it, I don't want it to be like exactly like Rogue One where it's like seconds before uh, A New Hope, but I want it to be like within a time period of a year before episode seven. So I got a character, and I wanted her to play both sides. I wanted her to be part of the First Order, but I also wanted her to be part of the Rebellion. And she's going to play... It's like a triple agent scenario. And what happens is she gets caught. And so both parties send bounty hunters after her. There's a lot of, it's like a 
it's a fugitive type movie. Like, um, what is it? Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. Is that what I'm thinking of? Or is that U.S. Marshals? Uh, I think that is fugitive. So she's on the run type of thing from two different types of bounty hunters in the end of the movie. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. So well, I'll ask you details when we get right. further in. You yeah, said yeah, brief, when we John. discuss that. Yeah, brief. You said brief. Mario, what, what, what do we got? Like I said, it's Clone Wars era in between two and three. So what's going to happen is these clone troopers are going to enter a forest planet or forest mountainy region style planet. Uh, and they're going to sabotage a battle droid factory. So a factory that's building battle droids. Since this is after episode two with the uh, Geonosis and all that, um, they're, they moved the battle droid factory. But what's going to end up happening is they're going to be hunted by something else in the forest. Is it Ewoks? Okay. Is it ancient porks? I will say when we get there. When we get there. All right. So my my plot synopsis. Um, think Jedi Knight, Jedi Academy style. Um, two apprentices, one master. One turns to the dark side, one turns to the light side, but I have a lot more, and I can't go into detail because it's complicated. But that's where I'm starting. <laughs> We're setting it on Dantooine, uh, back in the Jedi Enclave, where they used to train people back when the Sith ruled the galaxy. Wow. Emperor is the dude. Oh my goodness. So we got our brief synopsis. Now, without going into further details, what do you guys think? What, what are you thinking based on the other two people's pitches? I'm going to tell you, Mario. Yep. I'm hesitant. That's I'm hesitant towards yours mm-hmm. because I don't know the details. Yeah. And I hate the Geonosians. <laughs> <laughs> and you mentioned them. I had to, I, you know, I knew coming into this, John hates the Geonosians. So I have to put them <laughs> into my plot. Uh, actually, there's going to be no Geonosians here. Um, it's just going to be uh, droids and, uh, and some separatists. But I am very interested in yours, John, because I feel like you're pandering to me. I'm not going to lie. I love Jedi Knight Jedi Academy, and I love that story I, plot. I really am not. I just have a really good, uh, a good idea that I have pitched to you before and not on an episode that I would like to repurpose for Star Wars. And I'm not going to lie. A fugitive-style Star Wars movie sounds kind of neat. Chris Hawk, how are you feeling? I feel like Mario picked the riskiest. And doing something that's like has over oh, what was it like sixty six episodes between uh, Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, but almost every episode's different, so I can easily place it in there somewhere. So is it a movie, or is it is it like a is it more an episode then of Clone Wars, or is it more like its own standalone movie then? It's a Clone Wars story. It's its own movie. <laughs> I would watch Did it. You- if it says a Clone Wars story, I would watch it. <laughs> Did you consult the Clone Wars timeline when you made this movie? No. Full disclosure? No. No. no I don't. I mean, we'll place it so somewhere. You're off, in, you're off the in, books. In you're season just, you're two. Going in. I'm interested in John's uh, yin and yang uh, Jedi's. And in, and in, indeed. I would say now, this. I would say where I'm placing it timeline wise, honestly, mine is after Episode Two. So, um. Anakin's still kind of early in his Jedi Knight phase. Has he met Ahsoka yet? That, that's not even going to come up. Okay. Yeah. So he's still, oh. still got the braid. Still got the braid, right? Yes. Not going to be related to these characters at all, really. It's a separate story kind of thing? Yes. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Yeah, because I think that's what you're focusing on, Chris Hawk, is that it, how it relates to the main people? It's not going to. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think, I mean, mine won't either, obviously, and it won't have any, I don't want any, you know, illusions that these people are, like, descendants of other people or whatever, ancestors, because I think that's ridiculous. We don't need that in every single movie. But Chris Hawk, does yours have this? Do you relate to the main, you know, people? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate the Knights of Ren into my story. Okay, that's, that's risky ground. Very risky. They don't exist in episode eight. Right, and there's like a reason why. we discussed why. on that previous episode, Chris Hawk has to uh, 
justify why they weren't in episode eight. I wonder if he's admitting defeat. <laughs> well, Chris Hawk, go ahead. Go ahead and tell me why episode eight should have explained this and you have to make another movie to explain it. Go ahead. Okay, because they're already dead by the time episode seven and eight rolls around. And that's what my uh, my movie's going to lead up to. the Like the climactic ending or something. That's what I'm trying for. So I want my main, my main character. Either she can start First Order, turn Rebels, and then play them against each other, or she can start Rebels, turn First Order, play them against each other. That's what I'm looking for. I want that conflict. I want her to see both sides and say they're both terrible. Kind of like she's fed up with both sides because they both use dirty tactics. That so might, that might you're, be pitching, you're pitching DJ. It'd be Benicio Del Toro. His character, but not really. Yeah, I want to put her, my character, who is female, I want to put her more in the spotlight. I want her to be a... See, I, I don't know if a senator would have enough power in the Galactic Senate. So I want something that's below a chancellor, above a senator. I don't know if they have that. Mario, you might know. Uh, maybe it's a... There's not much information... Um... I mean, I haven't read the books to know it more, uh, to know that much about the government, other than what I've said on the episode when I was looking into it about why they don't support Leia. So maybe, maybe instead of a Senate, there's a representative for the entire galaxy sector. So the the senators from the like two senators from each planet, and then a representative of the of the entire sector. So she'll be a representative of a sector, and the representative mm-hmm. she is going to be is the five planets that blew up in Force Awakens. Let's tie in those planets. Let's make those impa- let's make those planets important. Let's make people care about these planets. So I'm trying to give some backstory to Force Awakens, so I actually care about those planets. You know what I'm saying? So I want her to represent these planets and why the Force or First Order blew them up. You know, involve some politics in there. Involve some reason why, like. Maybe she's trying to annex their trade routes. Maybe, you know, bring in episode one ideas. So, you know, circle it around. Maybe, maybe annex their trade routes. Make it so it, it's almost impossible for the First Order to get resources. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, they got to trade with someone. So maybe that's why the First yeah. Order blew up those it's plans. Weird because, it's weird because apparently they don't really think the First Order is a threat is why they don't really help fund Leia, I think. Or something weird like that. You know, I mean, I still don't understand that. I don't understand if you have a Starkiller base, they could blow up planets, and you're, they're not a threat. But we're, we're not talking about right, it. Right, we're right. talking about Chris Hawk. Right, right. Now, Chris Hawk, I have a question for you. Right. Did you cast your main character? Of course I did. Is it Tess Thompson? Is it who? No, 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 it, no. Okay, no, okay. No, All I, right. I just had to make sure that you weren't going with some sort of <laughs> overarching three-episode theme here. <laughs> Where no. you keep pitching the same person. <laughs> the trilogy must complete itself. So, my, are we doing characters now, or are we still doing plot? Let's do the plot. Okay, no, no we're doing plot. I just, I was curious because you said she was female, so I had to ask. So that's like, the, I want, that's what I want the political aspect to be. Like, I want a, I want a West Wing style scenario where they're doing like a walk and talk, where she's, she's like a, she's kind of a big shot in the Senate, in the Senate, right? She's, she can shut down legislation with a word. She can enable legislation with a word. She can help or you know, hinder, you know, she, I want her to be a big shot and I want her to be planted there by the rebellion, but the rebellion doesn't know that she's actually part of the Knights of the Ren. Now, this is like the murkiest part that I haven't really thought of yet, really. Maybe when Luke started his Jedi Temple, the rebellion, having to have its fingers into everything, sent sleepers, sleeper cells, you know, sleeper cells into the temple to make sure that, you know, Luke is keeping towards the rebellion's ideal, ideals, you know, to make sure, to inch him towards, to make sure that he's still fighting for the rebellion, you know, inch him towards that. Because, you know, Luke is kind of impressionable. You know, nearly every single person he meets, he, something rubs off of them onto Luke. So what I'm thinking is, when the Knights of Ren goes down, she, in order to save her life, joins the Knights of the Ren with Kylo. So Kylo might have a cameo. We'll see. So what I want to happen is she's going to have to betray the Rebellion so she could be like, oh yeah, over here there's a base and let's take out this base from the Rebellions. They, she, you know, she does some Knights of Ren stuff 
but in eventuality, like this base was already taken. There's already dead people inside. So it looks like they blew it up, but it was just already dead people inside. And then the first order could be like, oh, you did your job good. You're, you know, Knights of Ren, awesome. Do, do the other Knights of Ren come into play in this? Yeah, I was going to have, I, was, I didn't really cast them. Yeah. And each one has like their own specialist. Like one's a good sniper, one's a good bomb specialist, one's a, like a pilot. A heavy. It's, it's like a tactical squad? It is. Like, I think they showed pictures in um, one of the art books of... Uh, Did you know this, Mario? I do know that they all have weapons, but I like they kind of look like an anime group or Seven Samurai, or se- yeah. Samurai Seven. Basically. So, what you're telling me is the Knights of Ren is uh, the characters we played in that Shadowrun game Mario ran, <laughs> where we all have specialties and don't get along and end up dying. Correct. And you said they're going to die. Yeah, I want them to die. So is it like so a revolving episode... door? What do you mean like a revolving door? So they keep replacing the Knights of Ren, or this is this is why they're not in it anymore? Like systematically, she's she's like doing like our main character is doing small things to systematically destroy the Knights of Ren to eventually get close to Kylo. Because I mean, bad Jedi's are you know pretty damn rare you you know you're part of the rebellion you see this you want to you want to cut them out instantly we know what happened with vader i'm pretty sure the rebellion is definitely afraid of any sith so what you're telling me is this is your solution to help justify episode eight absolutely so you aren't wrong get rid of the knights of ren before gonna, they even we're gonna have a stoke backstory <laughs> in here who's snoke Discuss. what are you talking about who's snoke who's... i don't know he's dead <laughs> i'm sorry mario how do you feel about that plot there's a lot going on. It's There's a typical, very lot. Typical Chris Hawk. I think, it would, yeah, I think it'd work as a TV show, and I'd definitely watch it. What, do you think there would be a budget for a TV show? I, that's why I think a Star Wars TV show could never work unless we're talking HBO level See, that's, that's what budget. Lucas was trying to do with his show. He was trying to make it more affordable so it's not so expensive, and he just couldn't figure out a way to do it is why he kept putting it like they kept rewriting the script and stuff, and then when he finally sold Star Wars, I, I don't know if they still have the script or if they just scrapped it. But you just gotta put boobs in it, and then it, HBO. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe the occasional the rancor, you know, genitalia. Yeah, but that Drop was just the hut. that was just one. If that's too much to handle, then we'll just make her like a famous general for the First Order. Make her someone that's. You know, it has like Haldo. a lot of Q. No, for the for the first order. Oh, she's did part say, of the first I, order. Well, she's part of both. That's the thing. She's like a double, triple, Haldo. quadruple agent. She's working for herself in the end. Haldo. You also no. give justifies no. justification to that character. No, just no. <laughs> all right, no. Just tie up all the loose ends in episode eight. But eventually, she gets found out, and then. Two bounty hunters go after her. I, I, I mean, my main question is about casting, and if if the Knights of Ren aren't in this, I could see it as a legitimate like solo anthology story that still ties things together, which is kind of what they want to do apparently with these anthology stories, which I don't necessarily agree with. I mean, it the Knights of Ren was just something I just thought up like a day ago, but if it does, if it's too much. We could easily make her like a famed First Order warrior, like Phasma. Someone like that, that has legit crazy armor that's actually useful in the movie. And she's, and she's feared, you know, she's kind of feared. Like, oh, is it like a, like a First Order assassin. She isn't going to die? I haven't decided yet. Because I just, I worry about how you would dismiss her she'd have and to, going into the next movie. She'd have she has to, to she something has to, has to be, she has to die. Has to time. Well, you could, you could get her arrested. She could be held in some sort of cell or something. I mean, maybe, I don't know. And then, like, you know, have a sequel where she breaks out or something if this character takes to people and they like her. If this was a three-movie thing, we could have the Knights of Ren, the first one. The second one could be, like, the unraveling of her double agency. And then, like, the third movie could be the bounty hunters after her, the entire movie. I would have allowed you to pitch that if you had. I'm doing it right now. It's pretty cool. I don't like it. Pretty cool. (laughs) Too many movies, I don't like it. (laughs) I'll, but, you know, speaking of that, I'll go next. I'm pitching four movies, okay? 
For real? I'm dead serious. Okay. <laughs> four is a weird. All right. Four is a weird number. Why four? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. So it's not. It is not four one after the other. It is one movie, then two movies consecutively at the same time, then a movie to sum it all up. Oh. I see. I've pitched this before to Mario, where I think, I think somebody needs to do it, where you have a movie that establishes characters. And then you have a sequel that is two different movies following different characters. Instead of flipping back and forth to, you know, characters from perspectives, like when you have Lord of the Rings, you know, you have to keep going back to these different places and seeing these characters in different places, like doing different things. You have to keep switching. There's so many people in different places doing different things. Instead of doing that, have a plot for the guy that goes to the light. You know, he stays on the path and have a plot for the person that falls from it. Then bring them back together in a climax in a fourth movie. So not only do you have two movies coming out at the same time where people can, you know, get on board with one kind of thing, because, you know, people like to, you know, take sides. They like to pick sides. Right. They like to have something competing. So instantly you already have that free marketing there when you say, you know, one is a light side, one is a dark side movie. And if they're both decent and you put, you know, thought into them, you could easily get something great that, you know, people will see both movies and not feel like they had to to understand that fourth movie because they'll want to. Especially with Star Wars. And I feel like it does something to, like, push uh, a different boundary and, you know, kind of spice it up instead of the typical beginning, middle, end. It kind of creates an alternate middle, if you will. See, that's why I said you could pitch three movies, because I'm pitching four. It's amazing. But my plot, so my plot is uh, almost almost Jedi, Jedi Academy-esque, where one uh, apprentice, and I don't want them, they can't be young, obviously, because mm-hmm. that's, that's too young. They have to be like Jedi Knight age, you know, like they're basically on their own. Yeah, um, they can start thinking for themselves thing. type of thing. Yeah, yeah, easily. Like, and And I think that the two main characters shouldn't be um, I, I mean, we're not doing casting, but I don't. Th- I couldn't cast them. I'll just tell you ahead of time, because I I feel like Star Wars thrives by casting people that are unknown, and I, that's re- that's really important to me to have that. But so my first movie will be about the betrayal. Their Jedi Master will uh, succumb to something, probably the Sith, because at this point the Sith are just so powerful, and one will want revenge, and the other, you know, will take a different approach of focusing on what they have. And that will lead them on different paths. And then in the second movies, you know, they'll each have their own plot. I'll kind of speak to that when I go to casting, just to explain like what characters and stuff are doing. Cause I don't want to tell you like what characters are in the movie. Cause it kind of, kind of reveals a little bit about the plot. <laughs> and then in the fourth movie, I want them to uh, culminate in like this epic saber battle. And I don't want somebody to redeem anybody. I want it to be like, a finale you know i want it to end so you don't have this lingering question of what happens a definitive end yeah exactly because i don't i don't i don't want a billion like theories and people wanting different things i think it should be concise in its its plot and end and if you know people want to set something during that time then that's fine now john will you have uh like the great sith war in the background or like the Sith versus the Jedi type KOTOR story plot in the background. Yes, yeah, that has to be the backdrop of the Jedi, you know, fighting the Sith. Because that, I mean, regardless of whether it's canon or not to Disney, it's canon to every single Star Wars fan that that is how the galaxy used to be. And, I mean, it is set up there in the original movies, you know, they used to, you know, rule the galaxy, even if it's not elaborated on as this giant war where the Jedi, you know, fought back. I think I think it makes the perfect backdrop for a lot of settings. I just chose to, you know, pitch this one. That's good. I like it's it. Te- it's Tessa Thompson in your movie, John. She is now for you, Chris Hall. <laughs> I'll give her a role when I, I do I, cast it. I dig it. I like Yeah, do you remember when you remember when I pitched this idea to you, Mark? Yes. It it's I I just think it's such a good idea. I don't know why anybody hasn't done it. Would no would the two middle movies, would they be like full length movies or like cut in half? So no, they have to be watch full, them I, together. No, I want them to be full length movies. 
because you could i mean avengers infinity war is going to show us we can have a movie with literally you know 40 main characters all right and it go okay so you can have two movies that establish small sects of important characters and you bring those sects of characters to the fourth movie mm-hmm. and have them you know share the same stage and be fine so I, I think you know they be they are full length movies. I, you don't want to make people pay for something that isn't a full true, length movie. True, true, so true, 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 true. it's also a build up because once you see that final movie, you're going to be so hype. I feel like for their especially yeah, I, their their fight. Yeah, and see, you're gonna you're gonna know where both characters are coming from, and it's not going to be like you're rooting for one side based on you know what you saw of them in the second movie because. We get a ton of Ray. Like, people like Kylo Ren because he's Kylo Ren. But we get a ton of Ray's journey, and she, as a character, you can appreciate her way more than you can appreciate Kylo's journey because he doesn't have one. I want to avoid that when we have these conflicts with these two people where we get to see both of their journeys and how you can feel for the bad guy, not just because he's cool. You know, I want, I want an actual character with a background that you get to see. Remember we were talking about it, John, and uh, about we were theorizing like what J.J. Abrams could do in episode nine. And I brought up how they should really put a movie in the middle here where it's like Kylo taking over just so you can establish him. Yeah, no, I do remember that where we get like Kylo being this leader that we presumably assume he's going to be in the ninth movie. Yeah, because if he's redeemed or something, I don't know. There's no journey there. Yeah. There's nothing to appreciate. Yeah, which is, that's exactly what I want to avoid. And I want my split movie thing to, you know, happen. One final question, but, John. Are you going to put in the title a KOTOR story? No. Hmm. Oh, man. No. I, it, you have to, it's, you have to be uniform in the branding. All right. It's established a Star Wars story. And until somebody breaks that mold and it's, you know, not, I I just have to do it. I'm not going to go out on the limb and be like, "Oh, Knights of the Old Republic story," but you you can be damn sure that there's going to be some extended universe references in there for all those people that made all that stuff. Because I mean, you, you can't discount that stuff. But I'm done. You know, I mean, that's my rant. Mario, take it away. So mine's like a one shot. Mine's just one movie. They give us some. Are you telling me you went off the actual prompt and didn't break the rules? <laughs> yeah, I did. I did. I didn't break any rules. I mean, technically I am by adding prequel stuff in, if you think about it. I, I guess. I guess the original, the original prompt we had discussed was uh, an independent Star Wars anthology movie, but I mean, what's, what, what is a good anthology movie if it doesn't tie something together or take from what the source material is? So... I'll allow it. I'll allow it this one time. I mean, it, I guess it, it, it doesn't really tie into anything. It's kind of just its own thing, but I do want to add a bunch of uh, uh, Legends things or, or see more things that we've only seen once or twice, maybe. Uh, kind of like how Solo is rumored to be adding a bunch of, uh, or it is adding a bunch of Legends planets and that type thing, uh, like cloud cloud riders are rumored and stuff like that. I don't want to interrupt you, but I do want to interrupt you. Can we talk about Therm Scissor Hand for a second? <laughs> scissor Punch. A scissor Punch. I'm sorry. That's amazing. <laughs> Can we talk about him? How do you guys feel about him? We need more names like that in Star Wars. I I agree though. Like when you said that's a better name than Rose, it it fits Star Wars 100%. more than Rose. I mean, it's a ridiculous like, name. <laughs> if, if Scissor Punch is his last name, like legitimate, yeah, it is kind of ridiculous. But a Therm is like a perfect Star Wars name. Yeah, it's not like his name's like Jeff. It's like Jeff Scissor Punch. Come on, but like, it's what Rose is. But it's funny that he's a crab or lobster guy. It's fantastic. <laughs> that's that's what it is. I'm getting that figure. But I guarantee, like that dude is my favorite character, even if he's in the movie for five seconds. <laughs> So, but continue. I'm sorry. Back to my movie. Um, how I wanted to open up is obviously it's going to open up in space. Uh, it's going to be kind of like the first Predator when a planet or like a ship flies by and shoots off another ship. It's kind of going to have the same uh, visual scene almost. 
and uh, it's going to ship drop off this. It shoots off this drop ship, and you're going to go inside the drop ship, and you're going to see all these clone troopers gearing up. They're getting ready. They're going to attack this uh, battle droid factory. Obviously, you know, uh, you'll see the clones kind of sneak their way into the facility. You know, they'll end up into a firefight type of thing, and they'll end up blowing it up, destroying some of it. But what happens is there's something sleeping in the mountain that's been hibernating, and they're going to wake it up. And it's going to be a giant jungle rain core. <laughs> and <laughs> what's going to happen from there is they're going to be trying to escape the rain core. And the rain core is basically hunting them down in the jungle while they're trying to survive. There's going to be other uh, legends, uh, creatures that are going to be popping up. Uh, for one, you're going to see a skeleton of the Nexu from Attack of the Clones. Uh, the uh, cat uh, creature that fights Padme in the, in the uh, thing on Geonosian. Genosha. Uh, you'll see a Orbilisk, which is kind of like a weird crab thing. Uh, you'll see uh, a Vornscar, which is like a panther. I, I think I pronounced that right. But you're going to see all these creatures, and they're going to be trying to survive this rain core. And while that's going on, I kind of want to have a... The reason they can't come down and help them is there's going to be... Droids were sent into space to do, and there's this space battle going on at the same time. And there's going to be a Jedi who's with this uh, group, leading this group. Not not only the people they sent in, but the people in space. And I, I'm thinking it's either going to be Plo Koon or Shock T. And I'm all about that Shock T. <laughs> so what's so what's gonna I'm on board. <laughs> so what's gonna happen is you know it's hunting them down one at a time. Uh, droids you know attacking the ship in space space battle while the clones fight to stay alive finally what's going to happen is going to come down to like one or two clone troopers and uh you'll see like the space battle finally fly in into the jungle area and what's going to happen is shock t is going to save the clone trooper by not killing the rain core but putting him back in the hibernation and i was but there's also an alternative direction I wanted to go if if it's where um, instead of them being hunted down, it's more of them fighting off these droids and then there's kind of like a last stand type of thing where uh, the last clone trooper, you think he's about to die, but then he gets saved at the end by, you know, like a Shakti or a Plo Koon. Hmm. So that's... So you're, you're using like a lot of creatures in kind of jungle setting? Is that what we're doing? Yeah. And then so, and a space battle backdrop. Yeah, this is basically Jurassic Park and Star Wars. <laughs> um, not really. Uh, uh, no, I don't think so. I it's I mean your predator analogy kind of it's kind of like they're fighting for their lives in a jungle. Yeah, almost like guerrilla warfare with the natives, except the natives are these animals. Yeah. Did you ever did you ever play the uh, the Old Republic the MMO? I remember that one time I tried, but my computer couldn't load it. So I was going like by frame by frame, like a photo album. Yeah, they they used some of the uh, like I assume you haven't played it, Chris Hogg. They they no. used some of the like different beasts in that game, and that was like one of the things that was like really cool about that game was the uh, the the environments and like the jungles and stuff when you ran into these beasts and some of the scenarios that you had where you'd have to go through these like ruins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I think that could be really cool if you have like, you know, not only these beasts in the jungles, but like this jungle has something in it. Yeah. That like maybe they have to fight through almost like a, an AVP style temple thing, but not that because people hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> or I wanted to set the last stand. I also was thinking that maybe set the last stand version of it uh, in in like a city or the banking clan planet, you know, remember that episode from the micro Star Wars? I love the banking clan. <laughs> remember the, you remember that episode where the uh, stormtrooper team was fighting through the city and then they encountered Drago or whatever his name was, the guy with the tentacle arms. Yeah, I know. The night. I kind of want to do that whole episode as a canon movie and make Drago canon. <laughs> Chris Hawk, how do you feel about this? I, f- I feel like these these ideas would all work. 
I mean, when are you are you are you familiar with like the some of the beasts he was talking about? Yeah, I, I mean, I am. I, would, I think I think it would be great to uh, to not only make it a more like creature esque movie, but that Last Stand, you know, predator esque movies. I bet you those would make great Star Wars movies. Is a uh, hold on? Is your is your beast? Are they CGI? Um, not the crab. Are they the gonna... crab ones? Won't be. Um, huh? I'm gonna figure out if the the bigger ones. The bigger ones, yes. Uh, the Rancor for sure. I, I just think you, you hardly get to see the Rancor, and other than like the Force Unleashed video game. So I, I just think it'd be kind of cool to see how menacing he is. So you get the sense that when Luke does encounter it, when you rewatch Return, you're gonna be like, "Oh snap, that Rancor is dangerous." But the Jungle Rancor is a little bigger, so it'd be kind of interesting i think yeah it is it is a larger beast which is kind of ridiculous like it reminds me of a tarask from D kind of thing so let's let's move to casting let's talk about casting um we've heard the plots let's hear the casting uh let's mario since you're already talking about yours we're already on yours give us some of your casting if you did any if not well you failed <laughs> the the only casting i would I'd really go with is obviously got to have the guy come back for the voice of the clones who, um, you know, did. Oh, of course. Yeah. And, uh, I think maybe you could have a little cameo of what's his name who played young Boba Fett as one of the clone troopers. If he takes off his helmet at the end, I think that'd be kind of neat. Why, why you got to cast that guy again? Just because I love that guy. That guy on social media I, is awesome. I know. I know. You have this you have this complex where you gotta get this guy back in a Star I Wars do. movie. I do. I'm I'm uh, petition petitioning it. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. It's like Daniel uh, I don't know. Daniel Lagoon. Daniel Logan. <laughs> Daniel Lagoon. <laughs> uh, let me let me see. Let me see. Daniel Daniel Logan. That's his name. Young Boba Daniel Fett. Lagoon. I, you know, if they're not going to make him Boba Fett again, he's going to be in my movie as a clone trooper because he's basically a clone anyway, or they look like him, or or have you know some of those guys that played the the variations of him in the uh, on Camino come back and do something. But you definitely got to have that voice because that that I think that's iconic for the clones. No, I completely agree. If you don't have that, you don't have a movie. And obviously, if they can still do it, the people who played Placoon or the people or the the actress who played Shakti, you got her autograph. I don't know. Do you, do you think she could do it? Uh, I don't know that she would want to, but <laughs> I think she could. Well, we're throwing her the bucks at her, so I think she'll do it. <laughs> Disney's throwing the bucks at her, okay, for my movie. Or all right, or they could uh, replace her. I, I didn't really cast anybody big. Because uh, they're clones. <laughs> let, let me let me tell you, I cast some big people. You guys ready for this? We're ready. I'm ready. Let's hear it. All right. So, for on the Sith side, um, which you will get in the second movie, I want to cast the Emperor. I want to see him, and then I need a I need a strong Sith Lord. So, I, I hope you guys are ready for this. I would like to cast Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen because they're best friends already. And those guys are already in other nerd scenarios, so throw them into Star Wars, give them something, and they're not going to be huge roles because they're not going to be integral to the story. They're just going to be in the background. I just think it'd be great to see them do something dark, and I feel like they put effort into it. That would be amazing. So why not? I'm not going to lie. Them playing opposites would be amazing. Yeah, like, I mean... I don't. I don't even care what they do. I wrote them down here before I even cast them as anything. I was like, I want these people in this movie because we're talking, we are talking John Luke Picard, and we're talking Gandalf, Magneto. Are we? They need to be in Star Wars. Right, right, right. Those guys are the masters, and we can't get Christopher Lee back, you know, because I would have pitched a Dooku movie. So let's, you know, let's do something with some classic trained actors. Uh, I also cast uh, the the guy. I, I never know how to say his name. He's he plays Mordo in uh, what you call it, Doctor Strange, Ezio Four. Okay, I think I think that guy could be a good Jedi. Kind of um, 
like a serious she Mace Windu. She Weddle? Yeah. Uh, four. Because uh, his, like, Mace Windu, he's supposed to be serious, but Samuel L. Jackson, it's hard to take him serious. I, I think this guy could be that serious Jedi Master that we want. Um, I would like to cast, uh, uh, his name is Dev Patel. He's from Slumdog Millionaire. I think he'd make a good Sith character, you know, kind of on the side of the Sith person in the second movie. And at the same time, I think uh, a good comedic actor for Jack Black. the light side. Jack Black. Oh my God. <laughs> Jack Black. <laughs> How'd you know? <laughs> Oh man. No, I was thinking I was thinking younger, you know, somebody who is around the same care age as the uh the person that's, you know, trying to grow and do whatever they're doing in their movie. Um so I mean I just wrote down a few names, but I don't really I don't really know anybody that could do it, so I didn't really cast them, but I want that character to be there. And as I said, the main characters I think need to be Oh found easily not made. John, it's you know. gotta be Michael Sarah. I just I threw open like my mouth cast, a little bit. I would also like to cast Tessa Thompson as an Emperor's guard. I like it. She gets killed in the first five seconds. Oh, okay. You like my, you don't like Micah Sarah? You don't like Micah Sarah Mario? No. <laughs> Michael Sarah can play the uh, droid companion. He can make the noise. There you go. <laughs> but that's my casting. Chris Hawk, what do you got? So I got um for my uh character i wanted a character that could easily blend in between like male female like adrogynous adrogynous almost you know a person that could that could easily be seen as a spy and i picked uh tilda swinton to be that she can look regal as like a diplomat she can look menacing as an action star you know she she did do some pretty great Action scenes in uh, Doctor Strange, so I think she can pull it off. I think she has that range, and I think she's she's an easy character. Uh, she's an easy actor to revolve a movie around. For my bounty hunters, I um, for my rebel bounty hunter, I have Idris Elba. I just think Idris Elba would be great in a Star Wars film. Uh, he'd have to wear his dreads because I think that would be that's pretty Star Wars esque. I want him to be like this kind of psychotic psychotic bounty hunter like he's unhinged he's can, he's pretty kooky can Idris Elba do unhinged have we ever seen that no, you're about to so is he like Jamie Foxx from Baby Driver a little bit less than that I, I you know what actually more, so more than more that. menacing more menacing but crazy like you know there's like a code of honor for bounty hunters he doesn't care so Two-Face yeah he can do that and, and the First Order uh, bounty hunter, which is I think is my favorite. My favorite thing is like Timothy Oliphant from uh, Justified, and he plays this rigid, disciplined bounty hunter that's like dressed nice all the time. He takes care of all his weapons. It's like it's very pristine. This character, and he he takes everything. It's like by the book almost for his character. I just feel like having like yin and yang bounty hunters would make it a fun movie. Yeah, I mean they could certainly play off of each other. Do you, uh, Mario? How do you feel about uh, Tilda Swinton? How do you feel about the casting? I'm on the fence. I will tell you. Uh, she's a good actress. Uh, do you think she's too old for that part? Or old, not? I don't want to say too old. That sounds very offensive. But it's a fact. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I like her as an actress, but she's is she going to be a female? Like she's not going to be the ancient one, and you don't know what race she is type of thing. Like, that's what I feel like they did with the Ancient One. Like, they kind of played it where they got someone who they think could play a man or, or female type of... You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Yeah, am I, androgynous is the word. Yeah, am I being offensive? Chris Hawk used. I, I, don't, I don't think you're trying to be, and I don't think you sound like it because, you know, you're, you're asking questions. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> I, I do... I, I mean, I see what you're saying, I guess, but... She's she's a good I don't actress. Think, I don't think that's I don't think that's integral to Chris Hawk's plot. He just he wants. I think she could be too wooden. That I mean that was my thing is I do think you know sometimes she does lack a bit of emotion, but I guess it depends on you know the character itself, and I'm sure the character will be 
uh, have have a lot more depth than I mean, you know, for instance, the ancient one would. Right. Uh, so I mean, I, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I just you know wanted the second opinion, and uh, Doctor Strange casting for life. Right. So, just just to sum up these movies before we get into this uh, this pitch that I've thought of during the episode that I think we need to pitch. It's our rapid pitch session. Um, how do you guys feel about the movies overall? You know what we've each pitched. I think, I think in terms of setting and uh, not not creativity, but um, appearance and visual effects. I, Mario, I think your movie will be fantastic. Right, I can agree I, with that. I I don't know about the the plot. I guess it would depend, but I do think it would be visually just fun. And it, Chris Hawks, it does need structuring. Chris Hawk, yours, I, I, the plot, you know, is kind of complex, but I think it could be pulled off. But I do think if you split it into like, you know, maybe another movie, like I feel like I just feel like this character that you're creating would need more than one movie to get across how good they are, what they do. That's a good idea. That's a good point. But how, I mean, how do you guys feel about this? I, whoever talks first can go. I feel like the the best part. That that's really going to drive home John's story is those split movies, and I think no matter what the finale does, those two movies you're going to fall in love with either the Sith character or the Dark Side character. So, it's I think it's going to be all dependent upon those two movies whether how strong the finale is. Like if if one character is weaker than the other, then maybe everyone's going to root for one character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I agree, and you know. Sometimes I think you should wait to see audience reception before you write the next movie. So, I mean, you know, to amend my pitch, they're not writing the next movie until they get the reaction to those two movies. <laughs> I feel like I feel like you have to make the light side Jedi just as murky as the Sith side Jedi. Because not only is like a Sith not totally evil, you know, there's there is some good in Sith, just how like there's some evil in Jedi. From it's... my point of view, the Jedi are evil. <laughs> then you are lost. I just watched that the other day. <laughs> Mario, how do you feel about these movies? Um, you know, thinking about that Clone Wars one, I think it's going to be pretty dope. <laughs> what? Always, always plugging himself. I, I, I really like John's build up to the final movie, and I like how fans can choose which side they are on. Because when it comes down to that last match, it's going to be like a Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. It's going to be like, uh, you know, you playing King versus Devil Jen or whatever on on Tekken. You know, it's like you, you get to, a Tekken reference. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you get to pick which side. You know, I think that's pretty cool. And with Chris Hawks, you know, you get to see some storytelling. You get to see some pacing. We get to see it slow down. So I I, I like that aspect of it. You know, even though it's complicated. I'm in for the long haul if it's multiple episodes or, you know, two movies. And I, I think I think what we all three of us did, I think we pitched something that we haven't seen and we pitched we all pitched something that doesn't really tie into anything. And it's kind of it sits on its own thing. Like mine's just a throwaway movie that gives people prequel fans what they want, in my opinion, but it it, it also satisfies people who want to see something different in Star I, Wars. And then I think yours is important because it establishes that a Star Wars story does not have to relate or tie anything together or, you know, explain something. Mm-hmm. It's just using the universe to tell a story, which is what they pitched them as initially. Which is, I, which if is what they should be doing. Yeah, because so far we have not seen that. So, I mean, I do appreciate that you did that, even though we did not do that. I mean, we're getting an Obi-Wan movie after episode nine, so they're they're not... But I, I think we all come from we all come from an angle that's different that we haven't seen yet. So I, I really like I really like everything we we did on this episode. I like John's and I like Chris Hawks. I just well, wanted good. to see wanted to see more from uh, the sequels, and this is what's gonna help them out. You know what I'm saying? So as as the listener, you know, if you had a problem with these movies, because let's be honest, you probably hated Chris Hawks, right? Come on, Tessa Thompson wasn't in it. Yeah, I mean, you, you got to keep. If you haven't listened to Chris Hawk's pitches, just know every single pitch <laughs> he's given has had Tessa Thompson up to now. This is Says, like groundbreaking territory. It's my except boo. for 
uh, Venom, Obi Wan, Mace Windu, but he could surely add them in there. No, yeah. no, she was Tessa in there. You just didn't hear it. Tessa Thompson Venom. Didn't you hear that? Come on now. Yeah, she's female Venom. Definitely female go Venom. check out. Definitely go check out our other Star Wars pitches, though. Our Obi Wan and our Mace Windu, because they're pretty fun too. You mean that Bubba Fett pitch? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you if you agree with us, if you like these, if you hate them, if you have a better idea, tell us. You know, let us know. We'll get you on the next one. We'll have you pitch your thing. And I don't care if it takes you 30 minutes to tell me the background of your lore that you've made up. That's fine. I'll listen to it. But let's go into this rapid pitch. I got a rapid pitch for you guys. We are going rapid, off the book. Nobody knows. I know, but I didn't even think about it. So we have two options. We can either pitch a movie where they establish the Jedi Order, like literally the beginning, or I would like to pitch a General Hux story. So which one would you like to do? Let's do General Hux. General Hux it is. Chris Hawk is chosen. <laughs> oh, boy. Chris Hawk, pitch the movie. What's the movie? What's the plot? How are me and Mario going to add to it? You, right, so- you starting it off. <laughs> it's got to start off with his childhood and how terrible it was and how he was, he was always, like, he's got to be abused. For us to like this character, he's got to come from, like, oh beaten, downtrodden, got to be abused. And he's gotta, he's gotta be never in control, right? He he cannot yeah. be in control. That's gotta be Le- a main leading point. Leading up to his current day position, where right, he's right, not right, in right. Control. Mm-hmm. So it's gotta be like a main goal for him in his life to have some type of power. Like he needs to have power, and that's where it. Like so, eventually he'll start being like. So he's I want how tall is Dom Hell uh, Dom Hongleasing? He's what six six foot. How tall is General Huck supposed to be? He kills his dad, like, by the way. I know he's tall. He kills his dad. Is that? What? Yeah, that's that's legit. All right, Mario, go with it. What what else has happened? <laughs> what happens is if he, if he kills his dad, then yeah. tell me how it happened. Well, we have to get there first, but first, I'm going to throw out there that he's a descendant of Thern Scissor Punch. No. No. How is that? Like his uncle? God. Godparent. Yep. He's a godparent. He's a god. He's his god. He kind of. He kind of basically <laughs> raised him like you know. Um, What's his name? Raised uh, Jen Orso. You know he he's he's basically oh his God. orphan dad. He cared for him. Scissor punch. Yeah, you, we <laughs> gotta have more scissor punch. You gotta gotta, gotta roll it. with it, John. You gotta roll with it, John. <laughs> I know, but I love it. <laughs> I I don't think you understand how much I love this guy as a character, and now he's done this great thing for this guy that hates him and kills him. Apparently, wait, I hold on. He's oh, okay, that's his uncle. Or his godparent, or something. Yeah, it's not his. Act- he kills his actual dad. Yeah, his dad kills Therm Scissor Punch. What? Yeah, out of jealousy. And that's okay, why he Huck's, kills right. his dad. But what you don't know is Therm Scissor Punch didn't die, and that's what this movie's about. It's Therm Scissor Punch getting his re- getting his revenge, and ultimately turning Hux to the First Order. Because what, what we don't know is Therm Scissor Punch is actually the reason the First Order rose out of the ashes of the Empire. Because. Because Snoke is Therm Scissor Punch. No, oh God, no. and he's not dead. He's not dead, and he's not because dead. Because Therm Scissor Punch created Horcruxes. That's right. <laughs> also, Wait, this is a Harry Potter crossover. <laughs> Wait, Voldemort kind of looks like Snoke, who also coincidentally looks like Therm Scissor Punch. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> because every time Therm Scissor Punch dies, he takes a new form. And his newest form, before Snoke, was as a hut. <laughs> okay. With a jetpack. Yeah, and he, he also has a brother with this, a jetpack also. Th- this is two times, Chris Hogg. We have not pitched the Hut Brothers movie. <laughs> why, didn't we, why didn't we roll up here and both have the Hut Brothers, you know, you know what? On what? anthology? Why didn't we have that? Tomorrow, tomorrow night or or Friday night, you guys need to sit down and just have a whole episode where you guys just sit there and pitch the the Hut movie seriously. Only if we split it into two movies where we go with each other. (laughs) But you heard it here, General Hux. Therm Scissor Punch is his godfather. He was always abused as a kid. General Hux's dad kills Therm Scissor Punch. He's not dead. He General boiled Hux kills him. his dad. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. 
He's a monster. Now, whatever happened, Snoke is scissor punch. I don't know. He's a god, something. General Hux still losing today. That is the movie, General Hux. Great movie, guys. A Star Wars story. Great, great movie. What's up, what's up? Cinema 7 podcast listeners, how you doing? Here I am, the pro wrestling legend Mongoose from the Lehigh Valley right here in Pennsylvania. Listen to me when I talk to you, brother. I'm talking about the great offer from Cinema 7 and Audible. Visit www.audibletrial.com C7pod. This is the only place, I'm telling you, the only place where you can get some free stuff. You can get a 30-day free trial and a free audiobook of your choice from www.audibletrial.com. Now listen, man, I'm telling you, check it out. It's free. Even if you cancel your membership, you get to keep this free audiobook all to yourself. I want you to share this with your friends. Get on Facebook. Get on Instagram. Get on Twitter. I'm telling you right now, we're going to ride this lightning bolt all the way to another universe, brother. Check it out. Cinema 7 Podcast, right now. Mario, where can you find us? You can find us online if you go to cinema7podcast.com. That is cinema, just the number seven, podcast.com. You can see all of our episodes on there, which links you to our uh, SoundCloud. Uh, what is it? It's uh, cinema7podcast.com slash podcast episodes. I believe so. And they're all in uh, browser player. So if you're on desktop, you can play them right there. You don't even have to go to SoundCloud. Uh, if you're on a uh, mobile phone, it is unfortunately not that great. You just just look them up on your local iTunes or Google Play. Yes. Uh, on iTunes, subscribe. Google Play, subscribe. So you have our episodes downloaded right to you. If you have the Apple device and you are subscribed on iTunes, make sure to rate and review us. We only accept five stars. That's not true. You can rate us whatever you want. Um, you can look us we up on social... <laughs> we only accept five stars. We only accept five stars. If you look us up on social media, we're on Facebook at Cinema 7. How we spell 7 is instead of the S, we replace it with the number 7. So it's the number 7, E-V-E-N. I explain this every episode. If you don't know by now, just look at us. Just look us up. On Twitter, we're Cinema 7 underscore pod. Same on Instagram. And you can look us up on Twitch under the same name as, well, without the underscore, Cinema 7 pod. And Chris Hawker, John, I think you guys should tell him about the Patreon. Well, don't mind if I do, my friend. Uh, Patreon. You can always support uh, any of your local uh, podcasters that use Patreon. Uh, a lot of people do it, and a lot of people don't get supported. So if you have somebody you listen to, maybe you should find out if they have one. Because, like us, we have a dollar tier. A dollar a month is nothing. That is nothing except to some people, which I understand. If you can't afford a dollar a month, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to downplay your situation. But a dollar a month, you can support us. You know, we appreciate you. Uh, we will thank you on every podcast, uh, like we normally do, where we thank Mario's mom, Mario, sometimes Chris Hawk, <laughs> Joey, and myself. Joey Hill, that is. And myself, uh, just for supporting the podcast, because, hey, you guys are great. Thanks, guys. Uh, was that what do we have any were we found anywhere else you can also support the podcast by going to audibletrial.com backslash c7pod if you uh use if you do that you can sign up for audible with a by using the backslash c7pod you get a 30-day free trial you get a free credit which means you can use that on any audiobook or audio drama you want on audible and they have like what is it john like millions of audiobooks there, there's a ton and you know what you can do with credits hmm. buy some death sticks that, <laughs> that's true that's true it's wow. not true but you could yeah you, you can check them out it's free it's free yeah there's a lot of books up there you can do a lot of things mario listens to dramas chris hawk reads books i don't know if he listens to them he probably does he's chris and our, hawk and our new friend uh paul cram has some audiobooks that, that he reads uh on there dead in the desolate 
So you can use that credit on that and hear Paul Cram's wonderful voice. Yeah, that dude was awesome. But Chris Hogg, take us away. So uh, at Cinema 7, we want to thank you always for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Brought to you by Net. It's, this episode's brought to you by Jet Noise. Brought to you by the U.S. military, bombing Syria since 2018. <laughs> Whoa now. Whoa. Whoa. Seriously, why are why are they doing like maneuvers? It's like 9 p.m. right now. <laughs> Come on. What kind of character are you going to make, Mario? A turtle man. <laughs> okay. If, if you come back and you say you didn't make a turtle man, uh, whatever you pitch in this episode is invalid. Right. right, right, right. Okay. If he's not a turtle man and his name is not Turtle McShells, then... Turtle McShells. <laughs> I'm thinking my name might be Mike Turtleman. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> <laughs>